What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Instant Replay Podcast. As always, I am your host, Dominic Shirosky, and we actually have a pretty good amount of news to talk about. Um, Quick update. There was not an episode Friday. Why was there not an episode Friday? Um, To be completely honest, I got super busy on Friday and came home and was just kind of sitting there and was just like, you know what? Not a lot happened. <laughs> Not a lot happened um, this week. So we can pass. <laughs> we can pass on, on the Friday episode. But there will be an episode, obviously, this Friday. I will be making my picks um, for the Super Bowl and whatnot. It is Super Bowl week. Happy Super Bowl Tuesday to you all. <laughs> um, but a lot of stuff to get into um, today. Obviously, the big story that came across uh, our our televisions and phone screens this uh, past weekend, one of the big quarterback moves uh, have happened, and that is the Detroit Lions, who came out earlier and said that they would be trading Matthew Stafford. Um, they have officially went ahead and made that... Uh, well, it won't be made official until, like in March because of the new league year and rules and things like that. But the Detroit Lions are trading Matthew Stafford to the Los Angeles Rams for Jared Goff, two first round picks and a third round pick. And wow. Um, so, okay, let's, break all of this down because there's a lot of things to get into with this trade i'm I'm, this is going to take a minute i can tell you right now i'm gonna be a little long-winded on this one because there's a lot to get into first things first um all of you people because i've i've seen i've been seeing some people saying that the detroit lions fleeced the los angeles rams by getting two first a third rounder and a possible starting quarterback um from the rams for matthew stafford Couple things. One, who's a better quarterback, Matthew Stafford or Jared Goff? It's Matthew Stafford, and it's Matthew Stafford by a mile. So that's first and foremost. Secondly, picks, draft picks are great to have, but they are very much fool's gold because they are so easy to mess up. Like, think about the success rate. Like, even the best franchises at like the best, most notable, respected franchises, right? Maybe hit on 50% at best, like at best 50%. Like the draft is never a guarantee. It's never a guarantee that you're going to get um, a stud or there's going to be someone who's going to be uh, as good as, you know, someone who, like you just don't know what you're getting with draft picks. You you know, you have your scouts and you kind of predict and you project what you believe they can do in the NFL, but it's not a guarantee. So you gave so really, if you're the Rams, you get Matthew Stafford, and all you had to give up for it was a quarterback that you didn't want. And we're gonna get into that in a second too. But you give up a quarterback that you didn't want and three possibles, basically. Right? Um I thought it was a pretty good I thought it was a pretty good move for both teams. Um, I believe 
if you're the Rams, this gives you an opportunity to really compete. Um, if you looked at the Rams last year, and they were up and down, and a lot of that was because of this offense. You know, th- that defense was one of the best defenses in the league last year. You have um, Aaron Donald. You have Jalen Ramsey. Leonard Floyd signed there in free agency. He had a huge year last year. Uh, Ibu Camp. Like, you have many different players on that uh, Rams defense that is special. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how that Rams team plays moving forward. Obviously, Brandon Staley. Uh, became the head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers. He was the former defensive coordinator um, for the Rams last year. Raheem Morris, who was the interim head coach for the Atlanta Falcons this past season, takes over as defensive coordinator for the Rams. It'll be interesting to see how he adjusts to that scheme and what that defense uh, looks like under him. So, But you have the Rams, and the Rams' defense is great. And you have this offense, which in the past had been great, but that was also in the past when you had Todd Gurley, right? And you've kind of seen that this Rams team is limited, and it, it was Jared. It, it was it was because of Jared Goff. Let's just be completely honest, right? Um, you know they made they made a wrong they made the wrong decision on Jared Goff. They came in Sean McVay, and you know. The Rams drafted Jared Goff and, you know, Jeff Fisher was the head coach originally. Jeff Fisher gets fired. Jeff Fisher was a terrible head coach. Uh, Doesn't know how to develop quarterbacks at all. He's ruined every quarterback that he's ever had his hands on. Um, So people kind of say, you know what, let's not judge Jared Goff off his rookie season because he did not look good that rookie season. Sean McVay comes in. He immediately is the quarterback guru. He is an offensive boy genius when it comes to being a coordinator and calling plays and his offense and things like that, right? And they get Goff in there. You have Todd Gurley, and they start putting, like, this super team together, right? They brought in Brandon Cooks, had Sammy Watkins for a little bit. You draft Cooper Cup. You have Josh Reynolds, Robert Woods, all of these guys. You know, defensively, you're making all of these moves. And they have a ton of success, almost win a Super Bowl. Right, they go to the Super Bowl, lose to the Patriots, and that to me was the very first time um, that some doubt was seated between Sean McVay and Jared Goff. Was that Super Bowl loss? Because when you look at that Super Bowl, that was the first time we had seen Jared Goff in Sean McVay's offense really show his deficiencies and that he just couldn't get it done. He could not do anything against that Patriots defense. That offense sputtered. I mean, it just it was very clear that he couldn't do a damn thing, right? And then you start to hear all of the talks about, well, Jared Goff isn't that great at reading defenses, and Sean McVay is in his ear up until the very last second before they cut before they cut the mics uh, in Jared Goff's helmet. Um, and you just start to kind of hear all of these things. And then obviously Todd Gurley has his decline. He has his injuries. He gets released and his offense starts to struggle, right? This offense doesn't look as great. And it's the same system. Sean McVay is still calling plays pretty well. Jared Goff just isn't getting it done. I mean, hell, look at this past season. 
Jared Goff and John Wolford. Like, Jared Goff was healthy enough. You know, they had him. Jared Goff played in that first playoff game against Seattle that they won, right? John Wolford started that game. So he was healthy enough to play, but he wasn't healthy enough to start. What sense does that make? Right. And so it was just little things like that where you just kind of started to see that Sean McVay, who at first I believe because I believe Sean McVay originally thought that Jared Goff was his guy, especially with all of the early success that they had. But then things started to turn and Jared Goff started to show his limitations. And I believe Sean McVay quickly realized, especially I believe it really started after that Super Bowl loss and his performance there and just how much of a non-factor Jared Goff was and how he couldn't do anything against that defense. I believe that's when the seeds of doubt were, were, were planted. And from that point on, it has just been a growing divide between Sean McVay and Jared Goff as far as what Sean McVay wants for this team. And I think it was very clear, you know, like they... They kind of made it clear towards the end of the season that hey, we're um we're probably Jared Goff probably is not going to be here much longer. You know, you had the general manager coming out on, you know, he was doing interviews and he was saying stuff like Jared Goff is a Ram today. Well, today that caveat is important. That lets you know, like that today, right? Like when I heard that, I was like, oh yeah, so he's going to be gone. Jared Goff is going to be out of there, whether they trade him, cut him draft someone else, they're going to try and get him out of here. Um, And so that's exactly what they did. And, you know, I can't blame them. Now, Jared Goff's contract, I was surprised that... So I will say this. I'm surprised Matthew Stafford went to the Rams. Um, And the fact... Because apparently you had a lot of teams that were in consideration, right? So you had uh, the Jets made calls, the Bears made calls... Obviously, the Panthers, um, apparently, Matthew Stafford literally said, like, anyone but the Patriots, apparently. Um, You know, you had the Colts, who, that's where I thought he was going. I thought the Colts were the destination. You also had the Denver Broncos in there. Uh, The San Francisco 49ers uh, were were a team that some people were looking at. But I thought he was going to Indianapolis. I thought he was going to be a Colt because it just would have made so much sense. You have a team that is ready to win now. They don't necessarily really have to worry about draft picks. They can give up draft picks if they want to. Um, You can get Matthew Stafford in there. And Matthew Stafford, again, is a young guy. Like I feel like people kind of think that he's as old as like Matt Ryan and Aaron Rodgers and guys like that. And it's like Matthew Stafford's only 33. He's only 33. He can play this game for a long time, I would say. Like, if he can stay healthy, I believe Matthew Stafford can have, you know, five or six more seasons in him. Um, so I thought he was going to be a Colt. And apparently what it was was everyone was giving in, you know, their inputs and everyone was making trade calls and things like that. And then the Rams basically just came in and blew the doors off everyone with the two first round picks and the third round pick. And that to me is the important thing. The Rams, who by the way, have not had a first round pick in years now. Like the Rams have not picked in the first round in years. They don't, they trade their first round picks away. They pay everybody big money. And you know, like that's, it's kind of what they've done. They've kind of tried to 
do this thing where we have monsters at about three or f- like three or five different positions and we're going to pay those five monsters that we have big money and then we're just going to kind of vet men and kind of get value deals everywhere else and the strength of these superstars that we have is going to be what uh kind of leads this team and it you know like i said it kind of it kind of worked they like i said they've been a playoff team these past couple years they've um made it to the super bowl like it's kind of worked i just they, I believe the Rams feel like we were a quarterback away. They have their quarterback now with Matthew Stafford. Um, but more importantly, like I said, I feel like this shows how much the Rams wanted Goff gone. They gave up three picks, two first-rounders and a third-round pick because the, De- the Detroit Lions, I'm almost a 1,000% sure, probably didn't look at Jared Goff and, as the big selling point of this trade, Right. No, I believe the Detroit Lions said, hey, if you give us three picks, you're giving us, you know, you like the Rams called and said, hey, if you want two first rounders, we'll give you two first rounders and a third round pick for Matthew Stafford. But you have to take Jared Goff's contract as well. I honestly feel like that's how that conversation was. I don't think the Lions called up and was like, hey, uh, we'll take we, we you know, we want to get Goff in here. No, I don't think any. NFL team really looks at Jared Goff and is like, yeah, we want him in our in our locker room. And it's not a knock on him as a person. It's just Jared Goff, you know what he is. He's limited. He's not a great quarterback. I like like I said I've I've talked about how I rank players in the NFL. You have your elites, which is the tier 1s. There are five tiers. You have tier 1 elites, you have tier 2s who are your greats, you have tier 3 who are your really goods, tier 4 are your average guys, and tier 5 is everyone else. Jared Goff, for being completely honest, is probably a tier four quarterback. He's average. He's a, he's good enough to be a starter, but not much else, right? Um, he's not special, you know. And I think if you're the Detroit Lions, I think this is a rare situation where you know both teams kind of make out pretty good, right? If you are the Rams. You have Matthew Stafford, and you feel like, okay, we've got a shot now. All right, we beat Seattle. Like, like I think you look at what you have with the Rams. You were, like, that game against the Packers, they were in it, right? It, even though it felt like the Packers were never in danger of losing that game, the Rams had a shot. Like, they were, like, they cut that, like, they got it to a point where they were only down one touchdown, in the fourth quarter, um, eventually Aaron Rodgers would hit Alan Lazard for a deep touchdown uh, that really kind of iced the game and gave them a 14-point lead. But the Rams were in that game. And if you're the Rams, I think you sit back and say, okay, so we've got pretty good wide receivers in Cooper Cup. We've got some pretty good tight ends with Tyler Higby. We've got... Pretty good running back with Cam Akers. Got a decent offensive line. We've got a great defense. And now we have Matthew Stafford in Sean McVay's system. It's hard to not think that this Rams team isn't going to make noise next year. Like, it's hard to believe that that's going to happen. They are going to be a force next season. Like I said, I'm a huge Matthew Stafford fan. I've always said that Matthew Stafford gets unfairly 
criticized and maybe people don't really know how good Matthew Stafford is because he plays in Detroit. And obviously the Detroit Lions are just not a good football team. So no one really pays attention to them or watches them. But this Matthew Stafford trade is huge for the Rams. And then looking on it on the flip side for the Lions, you got three picks out of this. That's really good. You know, like that's you feel good about those picks because you feel good about your system and you feel good about your team and your scouting uh, reports. So you feel like you'll be able to make the best pick. Um, but more than anything, maybe you have an answer at quarterback and golf. We'll see. I don't believe it. I do actually still believe the Detroit Lions will probably draft a quarterback, whether it be in the first, second or third round of this upcoming season. I can see the Lions still drafting a quarterback because I don't think you should just go ahead and let Goff have the keys. I don't. I don't care what you did in Los Angeles. There's a reason they traded you, right? Yeah, you had some success, but there's also a reason why you're here and not there anymore. So we have your contract. Now, granted, his contract will make it make you believe that he kind of has to play and has to be the starter. Um, but we shall see. I definitely believe the Lions are going to be drafting another quarterback. But it's uh, it's going to be very interesting seeing how this all plays out and seeing um, kind of just where the Lions go from here. Obviously, you got Dan Campbell talking about biting kneecaps off and things like that as the head coach. Wild times to be alive. But... You know, they, they've they got some pieces to work with, and they have a lot of holes to fill. Jared Goff maybe fills one of them, but I just don't think that you can trust him fully with that position. I think you give him the start. I think he will be the starter this upcoming year. But moving on from there, who knows? But Stafford trade went through. That is the big news, and that is the first domino of this. This is going to be a very interesting offseason for quarterbacks, I believe. I believe we are going to see a lot of faces in new places this upcoming offseason. Um, obviously, you have Matthew Stafford now in Los Angeles with the Rams. You have Jared Goff now in Detroit with the Lions. Deshaun Watson, I believe, will be traded at some point. I don't think... Here's why I believe Deshaun Watson will be traded. is because... Deshaun Watson really kind of has all of the leverage. Now, the Houston Texans do have a little bit of leverage. They can simply hold his contract against him. Hey, you signed a contract. We like we have the rights to you as a football player. Um, so if you don't want to show up, then we'll start fining you, you know, $50,000 a day. Uh, you know, every practice you miss is like $50,000. You miss a game, that's $650,000. Like, we'll we'll play hardball with you if you want, right? Because we, they came out, uh, you know, everyone was having their coach uh, pressers and things like that. And they came out and said, hey, listen, we're going to nip this in the bud right now. We have no interest in trading Deshaun Watson. Now, we've heard teams say that and then go on to trade that same player, Um you know, you had like with the uh, what what was it the the Giants a couple years ago? You know, everyone was like, "Oh, are they gonna trade Odell Beckham Jr.?" And it was like, "No, they signed Odell Beckham Jr. to a huge contract and then traded him the next year." So I, I take that with a grain of salt. I don't I don't really believe that 
they're sitting there and saying, we're absolutely no, there's, I don't believe the Houston Texans are sitting back saying there's no way in hell we are going to trade Deshaun Watson. If someone comes and makes the right call and makes the right offer, they will pull the trigger. Um, but I believe Deshaun Watson is going to be somewhere else. It's the only thing it, it's going to be interesting to see because when you think about, like I said, Matthew Stafford, I'm sure had at least seven or eight teams calling to see if they could get him. I'm sure Deshaun Watson, he's going to, I mean, he has to garner what at least 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 teams are going to be calling and making offers on him. Um, it does seem like Deshaun Watson who he has a no trade clause, which basically means he can kind of decide where he wants to go. Um, truthfully. <laughs> um, and it seems like his preferred destinations are either Miami, uh, the Miami dolphins or the New York jets. But I believe he also would be open to maybe going to San Francisco. I could see him being open to going to Chicago. I don't know about Denver. The Colts are definitely a no because the Texans, the Texans don't want to trade him. They damn sure don't want to trade him and keep him in the division so that way they have to play him twice a year. It's not going to do that. And they're also not going to make a trade to make their division rivals better because that would basically just, listen, Sean Watson on the Colts would be insane. Um, yeah, that'd be scary, but yeah, that you have the Carolina Panthers who are definitely going to be in the mix. You know, they have some things that they can do. I'm sure they have some picks. Uh, I would be interested to see Deshaun Watson in Carolina in all honesty, you put Deshaun Watson together with Christian McCaffrey. That's with Joe Brady, uh, calling the shots as far as being the offensive coordinator. That's going to be very interesting, uh, to see that. So tons of teams will make calls, um, on, Deshaun Watson and we'll see like I said I believe he will get traded because like I said if you're the Houston Texans the only thing that you really have is you can hold his contract against him and then start fining him and stuff like that but then let's say he retires and then what like that's my thing with the Texans do you really want to walk away from the Deshaun Watson era right like the Deshaun Watson era in Houston is about to come to an end that's a fact. Deshaun Watson has played his last snap as a Houston Texan. So you have to trade him because I don't think you can sit back and just not get anything for him. Like, if he retires, then he has to give you all like $21 million back. Do you really want to walk away from the Deshaun Watson era? Or do you really want to lose Deshaun Watson and the only thing you have to show for it is a $21 million check? Like get some value. He doesn't want to be here, right? He doesn't want to be here. It's pretty clear. I believe his stance is pretty clear that, you know, I'm not coming back. You're not going to change my mind, right? I want out. If you are the Houston Texans, yeah, you have the contract that says you don't have to, but at the same time, it's like, do you really want to play hardball with him and lose him for basically nothing? Like if you're going to lose him, get something back for him right? Call up Miami, who has multiple first-round picks. Call up the Jets, who have multiple picks in this upcoming draft. They have like four picks in the first two rounds. Call up the Jets, who, by the way, the Houston Texans, because if you lose Deshaun Watson, by the way, if you lose Deshaun Watson for nothing, right? If he just retires and you only get a $21 million check, yeah, you get a little bit of cap space, but guess what? You still have a roster that is like your roster is completely filled with holes and you don't have a first or second round pick for the next two years. So you don't really have a way to build this team up. 
because one, you don't have draft picks and two, yeah, you might have some cap space, but guess what? Who the hell is going to want to come and play in Houston now? Nobody. (laughs) If you are the Texans, you have to trade him or I, I, well, you don't have to. If you are a smart organization, you will trade him. Trade him, get some good draft picks back, maybe even get a player back. Listen, there are teams, because that's the thing as well. Like, if you're Houston, maybe you make a trade with the Jets and you get Sam Darnold back. So it's like, hey, we at least have a little bit of hope. Maybe we still have a franchise quarterback. Trade him to Miami, you bring Tua back in. Maybe, hey, we can see what we have in Tua. Trade him to San Francisco. I'm sure Kyle Shanahan definitely wants Jimmy Garoppolo out. Because I I believe the same kind of situation that happened between Sean McVay and Jared Goff is happening with Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy Garoppolo. I believe ever since Jimmy Garoppolo could not win that Super Bowl, Kyle Shanahan has been looking at him with the side eye. And Kyle Shanahan 100% is sitting there saying, we would much rather have someone else. I think the 49ers would take Deshaun Watson in an, in a heartbeat, Right. And then obviously you have so many other teams, right? Like you have the Bears, who maybe the Bears, they can give you a couple of good defensive pieces, you know. Um, there's multiple teams, you know. You have the Carolina Panthers. They can maybe give you Teddy Bridgewater back, who can at the very least be a bridge quarterback for you. And then maybe you, you know, you get some a couple of draft picks there from uh, the Panthers. You have the Denver Broncos, who at the very least, you know, you'll get Drew Locke back maybe. So maybe you can kind of see what you have in Drew Locke, but you also get a couple picks back. Maybe you get a young piece, maybe, you know, like someone like Bradley Chubb, maybe he comes over. Like you can get some good pieces for Deshaun Watson. Hell, even if you don't want actual physical players, think about the picks you can get. Matthew Stafford just went for two first round, two first round picks and a third rounder. Three picks. They just gave up for Matthew Stafford. I have to assume Deshaun Watson is going to get you at least three first-round picks. Right? And it's come out that the Houston Texans' alleged asking price is two first-rounders, two second-rounders, and two defensive players. I don't think you're going to get all of that, but do I think you can get two first-rounders, a second-rounder, and a defensive player? Absolutely. Do I think you can get three first-rounders? Absolutely. Do I think you can get two first and two twos? Maybe, but I don't know. All I know is there's going to be a lot of moving parts. Hell, the Patriots are going to be in this conversation. There's going to be a lot of moving parts. There's going to be a lot of moving parts this this NFL offseason. Um, like I said, you're going to see a lot of quarterbacks in new places. Uh, I believe Jameis Winston, like Jameis Winston, he's probably going to stay in New Orleans with the Saints. Um, the Bears, like what do the Bears do at quarterback? Right. Mitchell Trubisky, he's not under contract anymore. Mitchell Trubisky is a free agent. Is Nick Foles going to be the starting quarterback? I don't think so. I have to assume that they're going to try and make some moves. Where's Cam Newton going to end up? Like there's going to be so many. It's going to be a wild offseason. I can tell you that right now. Like Carson Wentz, does he stay in Philadelphia? Um, They fired Doug Peterson basically because they want Carson Wentz to be the starter and Doug Peterson wanted Jalen Hurts to be the starter. So they picked Carson Wentz over their head coach. They bring someone in, Nick uh, Nick Sirianni, who did not have a great head coaching press conference. His his introductory press conference did not go well. He was stumbling over his words. He definitely looked a little nervous. But anyhow, like 
so is Carson Wentz in Philly. If that's the case, Carson Wentz has kind of talked about, hey, I don't really want someone breathing down my neck. I don't want someone threatening my job. So does that mean Jalen Hurts is gone? Like, there's so many things to figure out. The Colts, I brought up the Colts. I thought the Colts were a shoe in to get Matthew Stafford. They don't get Matthew Stafford. What do they do at quarterback now? Phillip Rivers is obviously retired. What do they do? Do they draft a quarterback? Do they run it back with Jacoby Brissett and maybe he's a maybe give him another shot at being the starter? Or do you sit back and make Joby a bridge quarter like Jacoby a bridge quarterback? Like there's so many things to do. There's so many teams that need quarterbacks this year. It's insane. Like it really is. Like the Steelers, my Steelers. Ben is coming back. He's probably going to have to rework his contract to get a little bit lower of a cap hit. But what are we going to do from there? Like we had, we signed Dwayne Haskins. Is he the quarterback of the future? We got to see. He's going to have to battle out Mason Rudolph. Like there's so many teams that need quarterbacks. Washington. <laughs> like there's so many teams. So many teams that need quarterbacks. This offseason, I think, is going to be very, very, very intriguing to see where everyone ends up. Um, and I, for one, am here for it. I think it's going to be a great offseason. Um, couple things before we move on to the NBA though there are a couple things uh Tom Brady Tom Brady apparently is talking about maybe he wants to play past 45 he's open to the idea of it which is just insane to think and if you look at Tom Brady he looks like he can play to at least 50 so NFC South I feel bad for you guys like <laughs> I really do like you thought all right well Tom's going to come in here for 2 years and then you know we'll be we'll be rid of him sounds like Tom wants to play 5 or 6 more years so We'll see what happens there. A um, little bit of an update as far as the Chiefs go. This is the first in the first of the COVID-related uh, incidents as far as things that are going to regard the Super Bowl. Um, wide receiver Demarcus Robinson and one of the backup centers for the uh, I'm sorry, his name Kilgore. Yeah, uh, backup center Kilgore for the Chiefs um, are on the COVID reserve list as just from close contact tracing. Um, contact tracing from close contact. So we'll see how that all happens. Those two could still play in the Super Bowl um, as long as they register five straight negative tests these next couple of these next five days, five consecutive days of negative testing. So we'll see what happens there. Um, doesn't seem like it's an outbreak or anything like that. So I don't think the game is in jeopardy or the Chiefs are in jeopardy or anything like that. Um, and I expect those guys uh, to be healthy and will be ready for the game. But that was just a little, little tad bit there. But, uh, yeah, man, Super Bowl week. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Super Bowl week is going to be awesome. So with that being said, let's switch gears, move over to the NBA. Um, first things first, speaking of, we have the little bit of news about the Olympics. Olympics obviously will be going on. Um, it was announced that the U.S. men's team will be taking on Sorry, I was something came across here. I thought it was a little bit of news. Um, but men's team will be taking on France in the first round of the Olympics. We'll see how that all plays out. It's it was weird, you know, like the Olympics. The Olympics got canceled, and I, am I the only one that kind of feels like I didn't miss it? I don't know. Like I guess I guess you know it is kind of those things where it's like it only happens once every four years. So like it's kind of like whatever. Like we, you don't really care about it until it's actually there, and then apparently everyone cares about it, but. I don't know. No, maybe it was just me. But uh, the men's team will be taking on uh, 
France in the first round. Couple of news, couple of news uh, around the NBA though. Um, Warriors rookie James Wiseman is going to be out after spraining his wrist. He'll be out for a couple wait for a couple weeks. Um, CP3 and Devin Booker had great games last night. Booker hits a clutch three to win it. Um, this Suns team, man, is special. This Suns team is really good. Like, <laughs> like really good, bro. I'm. I cannot. I'm super excited to see what this Suns team does in the playoffs. Like once, like that's really where I'm at with with the NBA. Like right now, it's cool and all. And apparently, the NBA is trying to work something out where they can have like a one day event in Atlanta for an All Star game and things like that. So we'll see how that all goes. But I like you can. I don't care about All Star game. Uh, all this other. I want to get to the playoffs. I want to get to the playoffs because I want to see some of these teams playing. Um, obviously you still have the whole play in idea with the NBA. So there's, that's going to be a, 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 uh, a part of the system now moving forward as far as determining who's going to be the eighth seed in each conference and things like that. But like I said, the Phoenix Suns right now are 11 and eight and they're currently six in the Western conference. Like I really, really like this Suns team. I do. I think this Suns team is going to be very, very fun to watch. And with CP3's um, leadership, I think they can go far. I really do. I, I'm i excited. I'll, I'll put it to you that way. Very excited to see what we get out of uh, this Phoenix Suns team moving forward because they are playing really well right now. Um, other big news, LaMelo Ball. LaMelo Ball, man. So, LaMelo Ball, I, and I said this coming when he was going into the draft. I remember saying he's one of the most intriguing prospects I think we've had in many years just because it's so hard to properly assess and scout him. Just because you don't know, like just the path that he took to get to the NBA. It was really tough. Like it was really tough to really assess what he was doing against the talent level he was doing against things like that. Right. Uh, LaMelo ball got his first start and LaMelo ball has been playing very, very well this year. Like I, it, you can, you can say I'm early on it. I don't care. I think LaMelo ball is better than his brother already. And who Lonzo, by the way, is in trade talks right now. So he might be on his way out of new Orleans, uh, same thing with J.J. Redick. It seems like J.J. Redick may be out of out on his way out of New Orleans, things like that. Uh, a couple other rumors as far as trade talks. You have the Brooklyn Nets maybe possibly trying to get Andre Drummond. I'm not sure how they will pull that off just because they don't really have a whole bunch of pieces to do that. So unless they're going to be giving up a whole bunch of first-round picks to get it, we'll see. Um, but back to Charlotte Hornets and LaMelo Ball. LaMelo Ball has been playing really well. I think he's better than his brother is already. Um, but LaMelo Ball got his first start in the NBA the other night. Charlotte ends up beating the Heat in overtime. And, you know, this Charlotte team, this Charlotte team is playing really well too. And I was telling people this, right? Like, I was trying to tell people about this Charlotte Hornets team. This Charlotte Hornets team, I said, would be a fringe playoff team. It would not surprise me to see the Charlotte Hornets in the playoffs this year. I like LaMelo Ball, what I've seen out of him. But when you look at the talent that they have, at this team in certain points, right? Um, you have pretty, you have 
Malik Monk, you have my, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, you have Malik Monk, you have Miles Bridges, you have Gordon Hayward, you have Devontae Graham, you have Terry Rozier, who he didn't play uh, last night because he has a sprained right ankle, so he's dealing with that. Um, but you have really good pieces there, right? And you know, Cody Zeller is a pretty is a strong center. He's not he's not super fantastic or anything like that, right? But he's solid. Um, there's a lot of talent on this team. There is. And I feel like not enough people pay attention to the Hornets. It would not surprise me to see Charlotte make it to the playoffs 1,000%. And like I said, LaMelo Ball playing really well, man. LaMelo Ball is playing really well right now. Obviously, he's right now my rookie of the year. Um, Just what he's done, he's been, he's been a pretty consistent scorer. He's great at facilitating the offense. Um. What he had in 31, uh, he had 14 points, seven assists, five rebounds. You know, he had a pretty bad shooting night. He was three of 11 from the floor, so didn't shoot that great. But, you know, he's he's young, he's figuring things out, but he, it seems to be clicking for LaMelo, and, and, I, and I like that for him. Um, and then you just take a look at the standings right now, right? Like, you look, like, in the Eastern Conference right now, Charlotte is number eight. My Bulls are number nine. Surprising. We're eight and 11. We actually beat the Knicks last night. Go Bulls. Also, I'm here to apologize. (laughs) That leads me into this conversation. I am here to apologize to Patrick Williams. I said some pretty... uh, uh, Pretty toxic. I had some pretty toxic remarks for Patrick Williams when we drafted him number four overall. Um... I was pretty upset, and I, you know, I I had my thoughts on who we should have drafted. I really wanted I, I really wanted Obi Toppin. I would have taken Denny Avja. Um, there were a bunch of picks, you know, Isaac Okoro. Uh, there were three. Those were really the three guys that I was like, listen, we take one of those three, and I'll be happy. And we took Patrick Williams, and Patrick Williams' name came across the board when I was watching the television, and I absolutely lost my mind <laughs> started cussing up a storm i couldn't believe it i was i was absolutely pissed off right um patrick williams has played well bulls right now we're, we're eight and eleven right so we're not blowing the doors off anyone but this team is playing decent playing decent playing better than i thought we would and like i said i will give credit to patrick he's been playing well he's growing into a pretty good defender, you know, hell, LeBron, and we're going to talk about LeBron in a second. Um, LeBron, I believe, gave him some really high praise. Basically, it's kind of saying that he reminds him of Kawhi Leonard. Um, so, hey, listen, if I'm wrong, I will I will eat my, I will gladly eat my slice of humble pie. I want nothing, listen, while I was mad when we drafted him, I want nothing more than for Patrick Williams to grow and be a superstar, right? Like, I want the Bulls to be good, so I want him to be good. Um, but I just didn't believe that he would be. Um, when we first drafted him, but lo and behold, maybe they know what they're talking about. Maybe they know what they're doing. Like I said, this is a new, a new regime. You know, we got a new general manager, new head coach, all that good stuff. So we'll see how this all pans out, but I want to, I want to come in here and, and give an apology to Patrick Williams, because like I said, I was pretty, I was pretty hard on the kid, um, when we drafted him and, you know, he's panning out pretty well. Um, so 
we'll see. But uh, as far as the rest of the Eastern Conference shakes up, you have the Philadelphia 76ers still looking like the best team in this conference. They're 15-6. and six. Joel Embiid is playing like an MVP. I mean, what more can you ask for? Uh, Milwaukee Bucks, 12-8. and eight. The Brooklyn Nets at 13-9. and nine. Brooklyn Nets at 13-9. and nine. They are the best offensive team in the league. They are also the worst defensive team in the league. They are simply just going to try and outscore teams every single night. Um, that seems to be their plan. Uh, they they play not a lick of defense. It is insane to watch. Like They are unstoppable on offense, but you are definitely going to put up buckets that night against them as well. So, We'll see. They're gonna have to get. They're gonna have to do something. They're gonna have to make some sort of move, or really just make some sort of focus to be like, "Hey guys, listen. We just can't keep on giving up 140 points every night because that's basically what they're doing." Um, so definitely, they definitely need to get that figured out. Uh, Boston at 10 and 8, a little disappointing. I expected them to be better, but it's early. Uh, you have the Indiana Pacers at 11 and 9, the Atlanta Hawks at 10 and 10, the Cleveland Cavaliers at 10 and 11. And the Charlotte Hornets at 10-11 as well at the 8th seed. Out in the West, the Clippers are still holding on to that number one seed in the Western Conference. Um, boy, how much pressure is on the Clippers, right? How much pressure is on the Clippers? I mean, you all had a huge collapse, a monumental collapse last season. And robbed us of the... I mean, absolutely robbed us of the playoff matchup that we all wanted to see between Clippers and Lakers. And now, you know, everything that's played out, you sit there and you look at the Clippers, they're 16 and five. And it's like, no one's going to take the Clippers seriously until they show us they can beat teams in the postseason. Really? Like, I feel like the Clippers aren't even going to be able to really avenge themselves or really be looked at as a legit squad until they beat the Lakers in the playoffs. Like, that's really what the standard is going to be for the Clippers right now. They are under so much pressure to not only play well, because if they, because that's the thing too, right? Like, if you're the Clippers, if you don't play well right now, teams are going to, like, everyone's going to be like, oh, you guys suck, you all are frauds, you all, same old Clippers, yada, yada, yada. But even if you're playing well right now, like, you're 16-5, and five, you actually have the best record in the NBA right now. Guess what? No one cares because it's like, oh, well, you guys are doing that last year. And what happens? You blew a 3-1 lead in the playoffs. So there's, they're really just in a no-win situation right now. The only way they can kind of clear this fog from around them is by beating the Los Angeles Lakers in the playoffs. It's going to be super interesting. I cannot wait. I really hope that they don't choke it away again. I, I genuinely really, I really want Lakers Clippers in the playoffs. I feel like we got robbed of it last year. I hope they can come and deliver and give us exactly what we want and what we as the fans deserve. So, but Clippers are 16 and 5, the Utah Jazz sitting at 15 and 5, second in the uh, Western Conference, the Los Angeles Lakers 16 and 6. Uh LeBron actually got into it with a fan at, at in Atlanta last night. Um oh some woman <laughs> he called her courtside Karen, but some white woman apparently got pretty irate with LeBron and they were going back and forth. She ended up actually getting kicked out. Now LeBron did say that he didn't want her to get kicked out. He felt like she shouldn't have gotten kicked out. He kind of said that he kind of enjoyed the whole back and forth. Cause you know, he, he, he likes those interactions with the fans, whether they're negative or positive or people are, you know, 
being fans or talking trash to him. He he likes that back and forth, but it was just a funny scene seeing all of that and how everything played out there. Um, but uh, after that, you have Denver sitting at 12 and eight. You have Memphis at nine and six. Uh, Phoenix is 11 and eight right now. The Golden State Warriors are at 11 and nine and you have the Portland Trailblazers at 10 and nine. Houston also is at 10 and nine. They are actually Houston. The thing about Houston playing really good defense ever since they traded James Harden. <laughs> I'm not saying, I'm not saying, I'm just saying, but they've been playing really good defense ever since trading him. This Rockets team, man, this Rockets team, they they can compete. I, I don't look at them as serious contenders, but they can compete with the talent that they have. Um, it's going to be very interesting seeing how things move on and how everything plays moving forward excuse me sorry i don't know why i'm yawning so much today (laughs) um but it's going to be very interesting to see how this houston rocket squad looks moving forward um like i said they have a lot of talent and i think they'll be able to make some teams sweat um so yeah man like i said the nba shaping up and everything's pretty cool right now like i said my main thing I just want to get to the playoffs. I just want to get to the playoffs right now. Like that's my focus with the NBA right now. And I and and, and I will become more ingrained into the minutia and you know the smaller details, especially when the NFL, you know, after this week when the NFL season is kind of up and then, you know, we have the NFL draft in April and things like that. But once this uh Super Bowl is passed, then I'll really start to dig into the minutia of the NBA details. And we'll be able to maybe break some more stuff down. But as of right now, I just want the playoffs. <laughs> you know, I, that's really what it is. I'm, I'm, I want, I'm ready for the games to start to matter. You know, I'm ready for the games that actually count. So we'll see how all that goes. Speaking of Washington, um, I, I want to talk about this real quick. The Washington Wizards currently looking like the worst team in the in, in the uh, NBA at four and twelve. Bradley Beal. I've seen so many people talk about, you know, Bradley Beal and, you know, it's always, you know, there are always clips or pictures of him on the bench looking sad. And Bradley Beal is a phenomenal player. I mean, he goes out and he dropped like 47 points and the Wizards still lose. Um, And so it just, it, here's why I don't feel any sympathy or I don't feel any sadness or I don't feel bad for Bradley Beal. You had the opportunity to get out of Washington a long time ago. You could have asked for a trade. Hell, you didn't have to sign that contract. You could have went into free agency. Stop with the boo is me, like woe is me, boo-hoo stories for Bradley Beal. He chose to be in Washington. He needs to sleep in this bed. You made your bed, now sleep in it. Don't complain now. Don't cry about it now. You knew this team was trash. You knew this organization wasn't worth a damn. You knew this organization wasn't going to put together a winning roster. You decided to stay there. Why? Because you wanted money over success. And I don't have a problem with that. If you sit back, I have no problem with NBA players going in and saying, hey, listen, my financial security and the financial security of my family and the generations after me is more important than winning a ring. I have no problem with that. Get your money, black man. I have no problem with that. However, don't be sitting there 
boo-hooing, looking all sad on the sideline when it happens because you knew this was the case. Oh, yeah, we traded for Russell Westbrook. We got Russell Westbrook in here. We're going to be rah, 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 and all that. Still the same Washington Wizards, okay? It's still the Wizards. This team, now, Bradley Beal may end up getting traded. And if he does, I think it would be a huge move. I think there are tons of teams that would trade for him. Uh, I could see the Philadelphia 76ers maybe trying to make a trade. I don't think that in that situation you would get Ben Simmons out of them. But I could see Beal. Um, I could see, you know, there have been some talks about maybe the Golden State Warriors. There have been talks um, about maybe the Lakers trying to make a trade for him. Some of the other, like there are a bunch of teams, you know, a bunch of teams that are kind of in on the Bradley Beal sweepstakes. Obviously the Miami Heat are also another team, but point, point still stands. Stop with the boohoo stories about Bradley Beal. He chose to be there. It was his decision. It is what it is. Okay. Now, now I can talk about the moment that really made what really made my heart warm these past couple days. The WNBA. And we're getting we're getting close to the end of the show here, so I'm not going to I'm not going to bash you all's head over, but I'm there's some really big things that happened in the WNBA. A lot of free agents, some really good free, some really big free agency signings. Um, but most importantly, Candace Parker, the legend, two-time WNBA MVP, Candace Parker. And reigning defensive player of the year, drafted number one in the 2008 WNBA draft, Candace Parker is coming to Chicago. Give us the ring now. I am all in. I am like I was out listen. I was excited about this team beforehand, okay? I was excited about the Chicago Sky. I loved our I like our head coach. I love our backcourt with Allie Quigley and Courtney Vandersloot. Courtney Vandersloot is the best point guard in the entire WNBA right now. I don't care what anyone says. You have those two, you have Diamond DeShields, who is phenomenal uh, in transition, coming like super smooth game, like sh- very fast, athletic, all of that good stuff. You put Candace Parker there now? Candace Parker? Who, even at 34, played in all 22 of the games that the Sparks played in 2020, and she ended up finishing third in MVP voting? I'm so excited, bro. Like, I don't think words do not describe how happy I was. Like, I remember getting the reports and seeing that Candace Parker could be leaving the Sparks. She could be on her way out of Los Angeles to come back and play for her hometown, Chicago Sky. And I immediately started tweeting out like, yo, like I was adding the Chicago Sky hey, Twitter account like, yo, is this true? I was adding Candace Parker like, wait, are you really coming home right now? Like all of this crazy stuff. It's beneficial. She's going to be coming here. And man, listen, I who's going to stop us at that? This is how, that's how I feel. I have I have 
I mean, just unwavering, not even confident. Like, it's just cockiness at this point. I have unwavering cockiness about the Chicago Sky team. Who's going to stop us? No one. <laughs> That's the answer. No one. No one. No one. With that, with that talent level, with that, with that group of four, with that, with the great coaching that we have, I'm super excited, man. I'm super excited. Candace Parker, she's won at every level. Obviously, won two national titles back in college. She's a gamer. She's one of the all-time greats. So, I'm super excited. A um, couple other moves. Diana Taurasi will remain uh, in Phoenix. She signed a multi-year deal there. Um, Sue Bird will be back with the Seattle Storm. Uh, a couple other moves before we get out of here. A um, couple other in- interesting moves. Like I said, but man, oh my goodness, Candace Parker. Candace Parker is coming to Chicago. I don't. I really don't think you all. You all just don't get it. Um, free agent point guard Chelsea Gray. She's going to be coming to the Las Vegas Aces. She will join Asia Wilson, who obviously did win the uh, MVP this year. Um, so that'll be good for them. The Minnesota Lynx also are signing Natalia um, Akinawa and Ariel Powers. So oh, I'm, I said Akinawa. Oh, my goodness. Akonwa. Excuse me. <laughs> Akonwa. I, and I know that's... I'm, I mental slip been watching a lot of anime <laughs> um but yeah so there have been some pretty big moves in the WNBA and I cannot wait for the season to start I cannot wait to see how this all shakes up I'm interested to see if the WNBA will still will if they will follow the NBA model of allowing teams to travel and will they be doing the home uh courts or will they kind of go back to doing a bubble type situation going to be interesting to see there i believe that they are going to try and do the open travel the way that the nba is doing it currently so we shall see but candace parker is going to be chicago sky i am going to be ordering my candace parker jersey very soon um and i cannot i i i just i I can't is this how like this is this how like the New England Patriots fans felt all those years when it was kind of just like guaranteed they were going to win the championship or like is it is this how Kansas Chiefs Kansas City Chiefs fans feel right now or like Golden State Warrior fans felt when Kevin Durant came is it like oh we're going to win the championship like just plain and simple like it's not a it's not a question we're going to win <laughs> yeah like it don't even have to worry about it ah <sighs> it's a great feeling it is a great feeling hmm but anywho, I've I've done enough yammering and I've done enough uh, glamorizing my Chicago Sky team. Super excited about Candace Parker coming. And like I said, give us the ring already. But games still need to be played, but I feel super confident. I'm actually going to – that's what I need to do. I need to go and make a bet, place a bet down right now, see if I can do that. Um, but let me go ahead and get out of here and do that so I can make some money. Um, thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the Instant Replay Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Dominic Shirosky. If you like this episode, tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend to tell a friend, all that good stuff, like it, share it, repost it, all of that good jazz. If you didn't like this episode, just act like it didn't happen. Um, again, thank you all so much. And as always, I leave you all with a quote. Kobe Bryant once said, no one hates the good ones. They only hate the great ones. So go out there. Make some new haters. I 
We'll see you all this Friday. I promise. <laughs> see you next time.